good morning and welcome to Noah's Wind. As you can tell from the backdrop here, we're back in our basement, back in Kansas. Mary Alice and I had a few days in North Carolina to uh, spend some time resting and uh, recuperating and yet at the same time getting creative about some things that are coming up in the future. And we're, we're so blessed. Uh, a New Spring family made their house available to us out there and it was just a great time of, uh, of, of resting. But, you know, we're back looking at some scriptures Mary Alice and I, every morning, we spend some time in the Bible, and then we discuss those things, and we love sharing them with you here on Noah's Window. But the other day, Mary Alice was reading through Psalm 89, and as she read through it, it reminded me of a text in 2 Timothy 2. So if you have your Bible out this morning, or if you have an electronic device with a Bible app, you might either want to look in Psalm 89, or maybe even preferably 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's a complicated subject, and yet it's one of the most important things that we'll ever deal with in the Bible. The Bible clearly has rules of conduct. We know the Bible has Ten Commandments. And there are people that look at those rules and they think, this must be the way to God. Well, we know that's not the case, because Scripture tells us that we're sinners, and the only way that we can get to God is by grace through faith. That's free salvation. So consequently, we will never get to heaven. We will never get into a relationship with God by keeping rules. But there are those who hear that. They hear that salvation is by grace through faith, and they figure that conduct doesn't matter. As long as I pray to invite Jesus Christ into my life, then everything is fine. Well, both things are true. The salvation is by grace through faith, and you can't get there by rules. But at the same time, God clearly has many things that he wants us to do and not do in order to keep our relationship with him clean. So we're kind of looking at the difference between our eternal destiny and as we live our life on this side of eternity. Right. I mean, it's like when I stood at the altar and committed my life to you, I was married to you and you've made it clear through the years that it's forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had that in our in, our in our wedding invitation so that you you believe that we'll be married in heaven or at least we'll, we'll live close you together. You can't get away from me. <laughs> that, Not even well, I don't want to. <laughs> so uh, that's settled. And yet at the same time, it's very clear that God cares about how we live our lives. You know, the rules are there for his glory and our good. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the complication comes in, and I think it's really critical that we understand this. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior from our hearts, we're forever secure. Right. But by the same token, if we, if we disobey Him, there's going to be a, a chastening that the Bible talks about. The relationship is going to be hampered. Go back to what we talked about a moment ago. When I stood at the altar and committed my life to you, it was forever. But yet at the same time, I've got to think every day about how I'm going to treat you because if I mistreat you, that relationship is going to suffer. It, it's not going to break, but it's going to suffer and that closeness will not be there that both, of, both you and I crave. Well, this is true in the Bible. So I'd like for you to share some verses from Psalm 89. This is what we're reading the other day. It's really important to remember when you go into the Psalms that they're not all written by David and they're not all written, you know, 1000 BC or 950 BC like Solomon was. Um, this particular Psalm is written by a guy named Ethan. Uh, I think it was written during the captivity when, when Judah had gone into captivity and these difficult, painful years where Israel had sinned against God, Judah had sinned against God, and now they were suffering because of that. So 
Could you take us into Psalm 89? Sure, in Psalm 89, and we're going to jump in about verse 33. And this is uh, God speaking here. He said, But I will never stop loving him, nor fail to keep my promise to him. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever. His kingdom will endure as the sun. It will be as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. If you read the rest of the psalm previous to that, you can tell that Ethan is pouring out his heart about how destroyed they are because they've disobeyed God. And yet you get into that change that you just read a moment ago where God says, I will never stop loving you. I will never break my covenant with you. In effect, and this is what's going to take us into 2 Timothy, God is saying to Israel, even though you've been unfaithful, I'm going to be faithful. So let me now read from 2 Timothy chapter 2. I remember the week before 9-11, mm -hmm. I wound up preaching a message called God is Faithful. And Mary Alice, you can remember, yes. I wasn't supposed to be in town that day. Uh, I was supposed to be speaking uh, at a conference in Texas and the pastor who had invited me had gotten the dates mixed up. And he said, well, you can go ahead and come this week. And I said, no, for some reason, God has left me in town. I don't mm -hmm. know why. And I, I said, I'll come next week. And of course, that was Sunday. We didn't know that 9-11 uh, was going to be on Tuesday. And God had given me this message. And I, I didn't understand why he would given it to me because I knew I wasn't going to be speaking at our church for a while. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I preached a message called God is Faithful. And it became, you know, one of the classic messages back in 2015 when I was challenged to preach my favorite sermons and count them down. Uh, I think we counted down number one became God is Faithful. God is faithful. Yeah. <laughs> so... I want to just read with you a scripture that I, I closed that sermon with. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 11, the Bible says, This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we'll live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If, he, if we deny him, he will deny us. So, so far, there's a pattern. Mm -hmm. You know, if we do the right thing, then God is going to bless us. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we do the wrong thing, then we're going to experience pain. So let me read those, those three couplets one more time. If we die with him, we'll live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. It's like every one of those, it follows mm -hmm. until you get to verse 13. And all of a sudden, it inverts, it flips. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Mm. He cannot deny who he is. I just think that's a huge scripture. You know, God is saying, Mark, if you disobey me, there's going to be pain that's going to come into your life. But if you're unfaithful, God will always remain faithful. And it's because he can't deny who he is. Mm. He's made a commitment. He's made a promise. He will keep that promise. And that's what Ethan was saying back in Psalm 89. Even though Israel was suffering because of their disobedience, he was very clear that God would not break his covenant. He would not mm. break his promise. And for me, if I guess, and I've talked a lot on this Noah's window, but if I could get to a bottom line, it would be on the day that we're less than what we should be, he can never be less than who he is. Mm. I, I love that, that it's thought. It's so reassuring. It is. Yeah. It really makes me think about a parent-child relationship. You know, our children can break our hearts, Yeah. but we'll always love them. Yeah. And they'll always be our children. And and um, as God's children, if we make bad choices on this side of eternity and, 
and it breaks his heart that we make the bad choices because he knows the consequences that will result in those bad choices. But he's always faithful. He, his love never fails. We, and we see God's unfailing love referred to over and over and over again. Yes. And his faithfulness is about who he is, not about who we are. That's the key to this whole thing. You know, this morning when we were reading, I shared something with you as we were, we were discussing this particular scripture. You know, Israel at that point is really going through a lot of suffering. And Ethan, if you read the first part of that Psalm, you can just see how painful things were. But when God said, I will never stop loving you, it was very clear that even when God was having to bring discipline, he loved them even at that moment. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't think that God chastens us as much as we may think. I mean, there are a lot of things that happen that aren't God. You know, we just live in a painful world. I don't want to get off on this because I could I could start talking about this for a long time and all of us need to get on with our day. But the chastening of God, the discipline of God, the it's not punishment because Jesus was punished for our sins. Chastening is corrective in nature, but it's negative consequences that come because of our because of our disobedience. The one thing I've noticed to be true, when God had to chasten me, I was always aware first that it was chastening. And he, he always made it clear why I was being chastened. You know, I want to make that very clear because somebody could be going through pain right now or, or suffering related to a disease or illness or just a problem in your family. And you're like, well, this is God chastening me. Probably not. I just don't think God chastens that often. He's very long suffering with us and he will give us many, many chances. You know, it's really important that we keep clear the difference between just the pain from a broken world and then when God has to bring chastening in our lives. So one more time, I want to say every time I've ever been chastened, I've always been very clear it was chastening and what I was being chastened for. And I love how you always emphasize that it's corrective in nature. And I've always kept that in mind, too, as a parent with our children. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, discipline should always be corrective in nature. It should help that child get and we're in the right path, going the, the right way, not not an expression of our anger yeah. or our frustration. <laughs> well, that takes me to another place, and I'm sorry, I'm really expanding this <laughs> Noah's window. But I remember when the boys were little, I always would, if, if they got in trouble and they were going to have to experience some kind of correction, I would always send them to their room for 30 minutes uh, to wait because I wanted to think through some things. I wanted to think through, did had I made it clear the rule that they broke? Uh, I wanted to uh, make sure that it it was rebellion and not carelessness mm. because I never punished for carelessness, you know. And I also want to think about what was the appropriate what, what was the appropriate uh, correction. And I can still hear uh, Jonathan especially calling me from the back room, Dad, please come on back. <laughs> you know, I want to get this over with. <laughs> he said he used to tell me the waiting was worse than the, than the, whatever the correction was. But God doesn't have to do that because mm-hmm. He's always right. You know, in his discipline. And his discipline is always in love and with yes. this eternal relationship in mind. So I hope that encourages you today. And and I hope too, as Mark said, that you can distinguish between the consequences that we endure in this broken world versus God working in our life to correct us and get us on the right path. Yeah. But you know what, if we're rebellious in our heart, we know we're being rebellious. Right, right. We, we know when we're in rebellion. Right. And, and that's the thing that God would... Um, have to discipline and correct. And these people that were in captivity, they knew. They knew, yeah. They knew. They, knew. they had been very rebellious. So. But it didn't stop God from loving them. That's right. And God's still faithful, and His love is eternal, and, and it's we can count on Him. There are a lot of things in this world you can't count on, but you can count on God's Faithfulness love. Faithfulness of God, yeah. Yes, absolutely. 
So hope that will encourage you today. And as we wrap up today, Mark, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for your kindness and goodness in our lives and that you are long-suffering with us in so many ways. And yet we realize that whenever you have to correct us for our rebellion, even then you still love us and you will never break your promise to us. You are an awesome God. We sing it and yet it's more true than we can possibly imagine. We love you. Help us, Lord, even today to keep our minds and our attitudes and our actions on the right side of what you ask us to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that'll be an encouragement to you to remember how faithful God is. And we'll look forward to seeing you here on Noah's Window tomorrow. We'll try to do a shorter edition tomorrow. <laughs> okay. God bless. See you God soon. Bless. See you soon.